thanks for coming back for the second half of my discussion on my upcoming trip to Bangladesh and Nepal. I took some notes before my trip and I wanted to write them down as I'm going to visit the developing countries of Bangladesh and Nepal. And in the last episode, I discussed a couple items, which included the various shots I had to take and the potential for some tourist diarrhea, as well as the cost of a visa. And we ended with some interesting facts about the country that I wanted to understand, which included the fact that it was called East Pakistan at one time. Number two, it has the longest female-led government. Number three, the capital is Dhaka, and it is the most densely populated city on Earth. Yay. (laughs) Number four, traffic is insane. Number five, it's the world's least livable city. And number six, there are a lot of Bangladeshis who live outside of the country. We may not get to all of it in this episode, but I will definitely touch on it when we get some feedback as I go along. Okay. I'm not really going to test you on your geography, but I found it fascinating that Bangladesh was previously uh, called East Pakistan. I'm not a historian, so I'm going to oversimplify things. If you remember Gandhi, right, the, the very, very pleasant gentleman over in India, he wanted to peacefully obtain Indian independence from the British crown. There are some insane stories about how Britain messed with their financial aspects of India, but that's for another time. Anyway, Gandhi succeeded, but it led to separating India into India and Pakistan due to what I think I understand as some religious beliefs. Well, there used to be a West Pakistan and an East Pakistan, which, as I mentioned, is now Bangladesh. It's hard for me to believe because West Pakistan, now known simply as Pakistan, is a thousand miles away from Bangladesh on the other side of India. Isn't that a bit crazy? Aren't East and Western parts of a country supposed to be closer together? But what happened is, in 1971, Bangladesh fought for its own independence, and it won. But from a monetary view, India still looks at Bangladesh as having a big economy that it'd like to control. They remember it as part of India. And Britain wanted to control India, and now India wants to control Bangladesh. Wow. It also kind of sounds a bit like Russia and Ukraine, huh? But being independent and creating their own currency, which is used only in their country, doesn't make for a strong financial situation. So let's go into that a little bit more. First of all, let's talk about something interesting, and I hope I say it correctly. Sheikh Hasina is the longest serving prime minister in the history of Bangladesh with 18 years. And she is the world's longest serving female elected official cool. If Mac was here right now, which she's upstairs doing some Japanese homework, she'd be saying, girl power. Okay. Dhaka is the capital of Bangladesh. And depending on how you calculate density and how you calculate the area of each city, right? You got some suburbs. Do you include those or not? How that's all calculated by comparison, Dhaka is definitely in the most populous and most densely populated category with around 16 million people in a very small area. For reference, New York is less than 9 million. Bangladesh has a total of 168.4, just to be that exacting, million people. 168.4 million. And it's located in an area, you don't have to remember this because I'll highlight it, 57,321 square miles. So around 57,000 square miles. In comparison, Illinois has 12.7 million people. And It is in a slightly bigger area, which is 57,915 square miles. So Illinois is about 600 square miles bigger. That means Bangladesh fits inside Illinois and has more than half of the U.S. population, which is 332 million people. So it's got 168 
and the U.S. population is 332, and it fits in the size of Illinois. If you look at the U.S., it has over, and I know I'm throwing a lot of numbers at you, but you'll get the gist of it. It has over 3.8 million square miles and not 57,000 like Bangladesh. That means on a per-person basis, I did do the math, we have over 130 times more space than they do. <laughs> oh my goodness. That's a lot. So what does this all mean when talking about money? First, there are 195 countries in the world. Bangladesh is ranked 35th in total gross domestic product or GDP. We've talked about it before, but that's how much the entire country produces in terms of services and products. But since it has a lot of people and ranked number nine most populous above Russia, that means each person doesn't really produce very much. So on a per-person GDP basis, it ranks near the 150th position out of 195. It's a big economy, but each individual is not producing a lot on average. When we talk about wealth, how much each person produces in a country on average helps to determine how wealthy its people are. So it's not really doing that great. The U.S. is the biggest trade partner with Bangladesh, and 85% of total exports from Bangladesh are from clothing. It's not technology or services that they specialize in, but the production of clothes. This puts the country a bit behind others. But if you check the tag on your clothing, it's likely that you have something in your closet that is made in the country of Bangladesh. The great part is that they are growing faster than a number of the other countries and trying to change their economy to focus more on technology, which can really help them move up in the ranking. But it does take time, especially when their education is ranked the lowest in the area. The local currency is called the Taka, T-A-K-A, which is funny because in their local language uh, of Bangla, or Bangla, it actually means currency. Right now, you can get about 100 taka for each U.S. dollar. So that's a pretty easy conversion for anything I'd buy, which is always helpful when you're traveling. The average salary for 75% of the population in Dhaka is about $850 per month or about $10,000 a year. Wow. $850 a month or $10,000 a year. However, those in the capital, DACA, earn the most. Over 80% of people in the country earn less than $5.50 per day, right? The math doesn't seem quite right on that, but so many people make a very small amount of money. So that's around $110 for a 20-day work month, which can be a bit shocking to us Americans. In the U.S., for the period ending June of 2022, the Bureau of Labor and Statistics showed a median income of over 54000 That's five times what it is in Bangladesh. This is where the biggest portion of earners are when you talk about the median. But the prices of many items in Bangladesh are significantly different than in the U.S. Items that can be produced in the country are usually much less expensive than those imported because imported items require payment in foreign money. So you got to go out and buy the foreign currency like the U.S. dollar, which is a strong currency. And then you have items such as computers, cell phones, cars, and other items that aren't built in the country but brought in. They have to be purchased from another currency, transported in, and then they're generally taxed a lot because the government needs those tax revenues to keep things going. So it could be 40, 50, or even 100% or more. Let's look at a couple of different items that bought in the U.S. and those that are bought in Bangladesh. 
If you go to get a meal with a drink at an inexpensive restaurant in Bangladesh, it should cost you less than $2. And it's estimated that it's at $15 or over in the U.S. That's over seven times more expensive. Now, a loaf of bread in the U.S. is around $1.75. I wouldn't know I had to actually look it up because I don't like going to the supermarket. But it's around 50 cents in Bangladesh, which is over three times more expensive. Jeans are averaging 50 bucks in the U.S., but can easily cost less than $12 in Dhaka. That's over four times more expensive. The country actually gets very little tourism revenue, too. If we think of New York City, I've seen that around 70 million people visit the city with about 15 million visitors coming from other countries. But Bangladesh isn't as lucky to get some of those tourist dollars. In 2021, it ranked 100th out of 117 countries being reviewed in the world for tourism. And that was better than the year before as it moved up three spots. It's been rated as a top 10 best value country in the world by the Lonely Planets Travel Guide, which is one of the largest travel guidebooks out there. So what about gasoline? Gasoline's imported. Any guesses what that cost? Well, it's about $5 in DACA, and that was as of about a week ago. And if you compare it to my general neighborhood here, right, California is different, New York's different, it amounted to about $4 here. So that's about 25% more expensive. Now, they got to keep those numbers down because the economy has to work off of oil and gas. A brand new Volkswagen Golf 1.4 liter. Why did I choose that? I just read it in some research. They said that's about 24000 in the U.S., but it's about 40500 in Bangladesh. That's a 40% difference. So you've got these anomalies, items that are being brought in and then the cost within the country. Okay, but what about the day-to-day living arrangements? Well, I saw some research that a one-bedroom apartment in Bangladesh is about $78, but is closer to $1,200 in the U.S. That's about 14 times more expensive. I actually just went online and found several one-bedroom apartments in Dhaka, which were pretty nice, having around 600 square feet. And they ranged from about $100 to $150. And that's in the capital, which is always going to be more expensive. Wouldn't that be nice here in the U.S.? Okay, if you haven't traveled in a while, I was surprised by the tools that were available to find the best prices for your tickets, right? Sure, there's Expedia, Booking.com, cheap tickets, and more, but I've come to really like Google Flights for plane tickets. I could see how pricing moved up and down, put on trackers with email alerts to my inbox when the price moved, and I loved the price grid, which would show you departure dates and return dates, and you could see the best pricing that was out there. It's nuts. It's really nuts. I actually was looking at the pricing chart and it knew my dates and it literally told me on one occasion to wait a little bit longer if you wanted better pricing. I got a little scared, I'll tell you. Uh, I'll have to admit it. I think I took a drink of wine and I said, okay, hold on. I waited and the pricing dropped from $1,250 down to $999. I couldn't believe it, but it is true. I took a flight from Chicago to Istanbul, which is plus or minus 10 hours, depending on which way you're going, with a two-hour layover. That is perfect for me. Off the plane, walk around, do a little stretching, toilets, maybe food, or Starbucks. Man, I got a great Starbucks in Istanbul. And then back on the plane. Then another eight hours or so to Bangladesh. 
It's been a long time since I've been or spent 18 plus hours on a plane. Chicago to London is less than eight hours and 4,000 miles. The trip over there, 18 plus hours with over 9,000 miles. If you go around the earth at the equator, it's 25,000 miles. So I was going to be a long way from home. On second thought, maybe I should just pay to upgrade my seats. I am over six foot one and the average Bangladeshi is about five two. The seats can't be that big, right? Okay, bad rationale. They're the same planes that are out there, but still a good idea for my 18-hour flight. So, done. All right, this is going to be an adventure, and I can't wait to see my business partners, who are really my friends. Thanks for being here. There's more to come, so we'll see you next time on Money with Mac and G. Bye!